This is the reality. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. On The Reality, we interview people from all walks of life who've discovered the reality of Jesus. If you've got a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Do drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I'd love to make contact. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality. Find out more at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we meet Henrietta Blythe, Chief Executive Officer for Open Doors UK and Ireland. Henrietta worked for the Christian Development Agency, Tear Fund, for six years and then was appointed CEO of Interhealth Worldwide, where she served until 2017. In 2018, she took up the role of CEO of Open Doors UK and Ireland. She's also spent several years volunteering for the World Health Organization in Asia and in Africa. Henrietta Blythe is passionate about strengthening the church as an agent of change around the world, restoring hope and dignity to those whose lives have been impoverished by injustice and persecution, and to strengthen the local church. 360 million Christians around the world experiencing high or extreme levels of persecution and discrimination on account of their faith. So we do strengthen the church in places where it's at risk of dying, but we also want very much to wake up the church in the rest of the world and to call our brothers and sisters to prayer and to advocacy and to practical support. Today's The Reality was recorded via Skype. We begin, as always, by asking our guest, Henrietta Blythe, how she came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Saviour. I was brought up as a churchgoer, so I was brought up in the UK uh, in the Anglican Church. My family went to church and then I had Christian teachers at school, Mm. one of whom was, at the time, Eleanor Weirbreen. She became Ellie Mumford and she and her husband, John Mumford, established the Vineyard Movement here in the UK. So they used to have a Christian group every Sunday afternoon. And I think it was actually John Mumford who I first uh, heard about why Jesus died on the cross. I can mm. remember him standing there with a, a handkerchief on one hand. And he said, you see, it was like this. Mm. Our sins were on us. And then when Jesus died on the cross, they took, he took them off us and laid them on himself. And he moved the handkerchief onto his other hand. Mm. And I can remember thinking, I was probably about 12, and I can remember thinking, how come I've gone to church all these years and never understood why Jesus died on the cross oh. until now? Mm. So that was a significant moment. And then after school, I worked for a year for the Iona community in Scotland. And that got me very interested in living in community and what Christian community looks like and everything. And I also visited Corrymeela, which is a community of reconciliation in Northern Ireland. And one summer while I was there, I heard Jim Wallace say, if you want to understand what Jesus meant by blessed to the poor, go and live with them. Mm -hmm. And I thought I can do that. So I went off as a volunteer and lived in Nepal for a couple of years. And while I was there, 
a cousin of mine who had become a born again Christian at university sent me two books. She sent me um, Sheila Cassidy's Audacity to Believe. And she also sent me Jackie Pullinger's book, uh, Chasing the Dragon. Mm. And particularly with Jackie Pullinger's book, I was just blown away by it. I couldn't stop reading it. And half of me thought, wow, if this is true, this is life changing stuff. And the other half of me just wasn't quite sure, but I knew I had to go and find out. And you probably know, Dudley, that the um, the book is about the way Jackie followed the Lord to mm. Hong Kong mm. and ended up working with triad gangsters in the walled city in Hong Kong and how they were coming off heroin. They're coming off addiction to heroin, but with nothing but the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I need to go and see for myself. And then... Uh, when I came back to the UK, I was talking to the father of a friend of mine at church. And I said, uh, so what is Cassie doing these days? And he said, oh, and he, she's um, working with a woman called Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong. Wow. It was one of those moments, you know, <laughs> do, 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 do. So anyway, when, uh. when my mate came back for Christmas, I said, can I go and visit you? And I went out to Hong Kong and visited her for a week and it all was true i mean i'd never seen anything like it dudley mm. you know people were coming off drugs and and they were being prayed for round the clock by teams of two people who were praying in tongues for them i mean it was just astounding wow. i saw people one guy in particular i know i saw who had just come in he had a very closed a very hard face and after four or five days, and he'd had round-the-clock prayer, I saw him worshipping the Lord with his arms in the air and his face was softened. I mean, he was physically changed. It was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And um, it was amazing. I, I started reading the Bible with completely new eyes mm. and realizing that the Lord's power through his spirit is available to us right now in our lifetimes and it was t it was totally life-changing moment so i think that was the moment really mm. when jesus really just became alive for me and i started a relationship with him and uh yeah, that was mm. the turning point. Really, mm. you know, as we as we speak, as you as you relate your story, Henrietta, I think um, a lot of us, including yours truly, over here as a child and uh, into my teenagehood, I grew up believing in Jesus. I loved him. I served him, but it was very much a theoretical relationship, mm. you know, uh, and, and not a real, literal relationship. It's when you find yourself, you know, thrust into circumstances like that, and you see the the physical, visible impact of the gospel and the message of Christ on people's lives uh, that it changes your own life. Would you agree? Absolutely. So I just could not get over um, the way this guy was transformed. You know, and it's still, it's an extraordinary thing that we can pray for people and we see healings. Mm. We ask the Lord to do things and he does them, but even when he doesn't do them, when we come to him with something we're really struggling with and he doesn't do what we're asking him to do, but even in that situation, he still transforms it because prayer brings us fresh into his presence and mm. you just, you know he's with you and 
it's just a total game changer. And the way, you know, I've been working through the Beatitudes recently, and the way um, Jesus talked about, you know, real experiences mm. that we go through in life, like mourning, like persecution, like hardship, like poverty, you know, all these struggles, loneliness and everything. They're real. We experience all those things, mm -hmm. even when we're passionate Christians, sometimes because we're passionate Christians. Mm. But to know that the Lord is with you in it, he may not transform the situation, but he's transforming you and the way you're dealing with it in it. Mm. And that's where the blessing is. Mm. And so often it's it's those times when he feels closest. Yes, absolutely. Just as a quick interjection, I just had the sense to 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 ask you this, uh, Henrietta. Could be somebody's listening up right now, and they're in a situation similar to that. They've heard about God. They've heard about Christianity. Their life's in a turmoil right now, but they've never experienced a real touch from Jesus. What can they do? So I think um, you just have to ask him. So I think it's it's a step of it's literally a step of faith, isn't it? Mm. Um, that you ask Jesus to enter your life, to turn your life around. You ask him to come in and take charge. You acknowledge that actually you, you can't cope with it on your own. And actually you can't, you can't do good stuff on your own mm. because we're all flawed and broken. And you simply ask him, Lord Jesus, please, will you come and change me from the inside out? And um, I think he does. He does. Yes, indeed. And we've got to be in that situation where we just say, I surrender. I give up. I give exactly. over. Exactly. Yes, over I can't. to you, Lord. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Henrietta, we're going to be talking about open doors in just a minute and the persecution of Christians around the world. Uh, but I believe that you also spent some time volunteering for the World Health Organization. Tell us about that. Yes. So, um, as I say, after hearing Jim Wallace um, saying, if you want to know what Jesus meant by blessed are the poor, go and live with them. I went off to Nepal as a volunteer and worked on um, a World Health Organization project in Kathmandu that produced books and manuals to train health workers. And one of the things we did was we made sure that the books and manuals were appropriate to the culture and it was fascinating. It was my first introduction to relief and development. And I, I ended up with so many questions about why are people so poor? Hmm. Why do people live like this? Why is disease still killing people? You know, all, all those big questions about how can part of the world be so developed and so wealthy and another part of the world be so poor. But um, so it was a real learning time for me and living in another culture was extraordinary in terms of helping me understand my own culture. And I, I went to a Jesuit church, which had a very international community. And that was also amazing, getting to know lots of other nationalities and everything. Yeah. One of the things we did while we were there was we translated and adapted a book called Where There Is No Doctor. Um, which is for, for use by community healthcare workers where there's no access to hospitals or trained doctors. And we translated it into Nepali and we adapted all the pictures. And years later, 
literally about 25 years later, I was working for a relief and development agency called Tear Fund, mm -hmm. another Christian organization here in the UK. And we had a speaker from Burma, from Myanmar, who came and was talking about the work he was doing. He was one of our partners. He was talking about the work he was doing and he was talking about how they use this book where there is no doctor. And so after the staff prayers at which he'd spoken, I went up to him and, and said, you know, I was responsible for translating that book into Nepali. And he said, I must thank you, I must thank you. I must give you a huge hug. We use that book all the time. And it was it's amazing when the Lord shows you fruit from something that you you know you just did as mm. part of your work you didn't realize the significance of it and then years later you see a bit of the harvest it, it just felt like a very special moment absolutely fantastic well henrietta we've been talking a little bit about your life and experience and discovery of jesus as lord and savior we're going to take a little break and get back after this you are listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported ministry. We value your prayers and support very much. You can help us touch millions of people with the reality of Christ by becoming a vision partner. Visit surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. That is, become a vision partner at surereality.net. Listen again to The Reality on our podcasts at surereality.net. Hello to you. If you've just joined us, this is The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking to people from all walks of life whose lives have been impacted by the sure reality of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with Henrietta Blythe, CEO of Open Doors UK and Ireland. We've heard how Henrietta grew up in a God-fearing home and attended church from an early age. However, it wasn't until much later in her life when she discovered her personal and real experience of faith and surrendered her life to Jesus. While working in Nepal, a friend gave Henrietta the Jackie Pullinger book, Chasing the Dragon, the story of healing and deliverance from drugs among the triad gangs in Hong Kong. Henrietta was so challenged by the story that she set out on an expedition to discover the power of God to save and to deliver and to heal. The Lord opened the way for her to visit the ministry of Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong. Here she developed a passion to serve the Lord God through aid and for relief and development in underdeveloped cultures around the world. Today, Henrietta Blythe exercises real faith by serving the persecuted Christians around the world as the CEO of Open Doors UK and Ireland. As we come back to Henrietta Blythe today on The Reality, I ask her to tell us a little bit more about Open Doors. Well, I've always been passionate about the way the Lord uses local church to build his kingdom here on earth. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, we pray regularly, don't we? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And obviously, the way the Lord does that is through Christians and through his church. So we really need to be his hands and feet in the world. And yet, Dudley, as you know, as the Open Doors research shows, 360 million Christians around the world experiencing high or extreme levels of persecution and discrimination mm. on account of their faith. Wow. That's one in seven 
Christians worldwide, which is just an extraordinary number. And um, so Open Doors exists to build the resilience of the church and strengthen the church in the places where it faces the most severe opposition. So I was asked to think about this role at Open Doors, actually by some headhunters who I knew well from previous roles I'd done. Um, I knew my predecessor here. We'd done a seminar together as two CEOs in conversation. And about the time I was thinking of going for this job, she also rang me to see if I was interested in going on the board of Open Doors International. So it was sort of two mm-hmm. minds mm-hmm. at once. And and basically that's how I ended up here. I was asked to apply. I went through the process and it really fitted with my vision of wanting to strengthen the local church to both spread the gospel, but also literally be good news Mm. for the community around it. Mm. And I have to say, working with my persecuted brothers and sisters has been an extraordinary privilege and my faith has grown so much. It's just been amazing. Wow, incredible. Uh, that statistic of one in, in seven people, uh, Christians, being persecuted around the world. You know, uh, Henrietta, in my close family, there are about 14 of us. That means two of us in my family would be suffering persecution. Exactly. That is phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. So Open Doors is a ministry, an agency that supports, helps and educates the world, really, with regard to Christian persecution. Would you say that is their remit? Explain to us what you do. So in the countries where Christians are persecuted the most, we work with Christians and through Christians on the ground to provide the support that the church needs. Now, In some countries, that means um, providing discipleship training, Bibles, leadership support for church leaders. In some countries, uh, like Nigeria, for example, where violence against Christians, and particularly gender-based violence, is very high, Mm. we would, alongside discipleship and leadership training, we also provide trauma counselling and support for people, um, for men and women who've been through very traumatic situations. In some countries, Christians lose their jobs as a result of their faith. Mm -hmm. And so we also do um, quite a lot of livelihoods work to enable Christians to set up their own businesses and develop means of supporting their families. Um, In some countries, churches are destroyed, pastors are killed, Mm -hmm. um, people have to flee their villages. That happens a lot in India at the moment, where Hindutva extremists, particularly in some rural areas, are driving Christians out of their villages. So there's a need for shelter and to help people settle elsewhere. Um, So that's the sort of practical support Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can provide. At the same time, we speak out on behalf of the persecuted church to influence governments, to uh, uh, particularly influence their peers in countries where freedom of religion or belief, which is a basic human right, 
is not upheld and promoted. And we also connect Christians who are not being persecuted with Christians who are. So here in the UK and Ireland, for example, our role here is to connect Christians in the church in UK and Ireland with our persecuted church family so that Christians here can pray, speak out and support in practical ways and strengthen the persecuted church. And in turn, the witness and testimony of the persecuted church strengthens the church here in the UK and Ireland. And as a result, the whole global body of Christ is strengthened as each part um, does its work. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you keep using the word strengthened, and uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I believe that Open Doors was founded by Brother Andrew, a great man of God who smuggled Bibles into the old Soviet Union, as it was. And uh, I believe, uh, re- having read somewhere, that he founded Open Doors to strengthen the things that remain. Is that to strengthen the church that are being persecuted, or is that to strengthen us in the Western world where we are so free and, and easygoing? Yeah, well, it's interesting, Dudley. So the verse is actually from Revelations 3, Mm. and it starts, wake up Mm. and strengthen what remains and is about to die because your deeds are unfinished in the sight of your God. Mm -hmm. That was the verse that got Brother Andrew going. And we've thought a lot. So we do strengthen the church, as I say, in places where it's at risk of dying. But we also want very much to wake up the church in the rest of the world, to wake up the church, both to its responsibilities to be salt and light, Mm. um, but also to wake up the church to what is going on and to call our brothers and sisters to prayer and to advocacy and to practical support. Mm. So where in the world are Christians persecuted the most and and how is that happening? So uh, every year, Open Doors produces the World Watch List, which is based on our research, and it's the list of the 50 most dangerous countries for Christians. And for 20 years, North Korea has been at the top of the list. But this year, Afghanistan has taken over the top slot. Mm. So since the Taliban took over Afghanistan, they have been wanting to impose a pure Islamic state and they've introduced Sharia law and they are hunting down Christians Mm -hmm. and people of non-Islamic faiths. And uh, if Christians are discovered, the men will be executed. They may be tortured before being executed to give the names of other Christians. Mm. Um, The women, sadly, often experience gender-based violence. Honor killing is common from family members. And um, younger women and girls uh, can be given to Islamic fighters, to Taliban warriors, as the sort of the so-called spoils of war. Mm. What is tragic is when women and girls have experienced gender-based violence, they are quite likely to be trafficked Mm. subsequently. So the situation for the church in Afghanistan is absolutely desperate. We know there are Christians who have um, chosen to leave the country, particularly for Christians leaving the country over land 
um, all the countries surrounding Afghanistan are also on our world watch list. Mm. And so they may face further persecution and discrimination in the countries to which they go. We know that some Christians have extremely courageously chosen to stay in the country to continue to be salt and light. Um, but the situation is of grave concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. In North Korea, um, Kim Jong-un and his government have made it illegal to worship anybody other than um, the uh, his dynasty, basically, Kim Jong-un and his forebears. Mm-hmm. And so if you are discovered with a Bible or a secret church, um, you are likely to be, you could be killed, but you are also likely to be sent to an internment camp. We currently think there are some 70,000 Christians in internment camps in North Korea where they're subjected to forced labor, forced re-education, starvation, torture. It's, It's extreme. And one of the threats against Christians is that if they are found, not only they, but their family members will also be thrown into the camps. Mm. So the situation has been dire there for a very, very long time. Mm. Wow. Henrietta, I wish we had more time to speak. Our time is nearly up. I'm going to ask you, perhaps uh, together, you and I, to pray for persecuted Christians around the world. Can we do that for a few seconds? Yes. Yes, I'd like to do that. Thank you. I'll start, and if you can pray after me, that'll be great. Father God, we just thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you with all from the bottom of my heart, Lord, for my liberty. Thank you so much, Lord, that I'm able to just worship you and, and freely share my faith. But Lord God, when we look at the Christians around the world, Lord, people like me, like Henrietta, like my listener, Lord, who are being persecuted, or being abused, Lord God, and even killed for their faith, Lord God, my heart breaks. Mm-hmm. We pray, Lord, as I always ask, for their strength, for their strength, that they'll endure. We pray that you give them strength. And I pray, too, that they would multiply. And Lord, you'd add your blessing to those churches, that they would grow, and indeed, that the persecutors themselves will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, demonstrate your grace, your love, and your peace in Jesus' name. Mm, Amen. Yes, dear Lord, we lift you, our persecuted brothers and sisters, and we pray that they would remain faithful. We pray that they would stand strong. Mm. Lord, so many of them are now displaced, either within their country or moving to different countries. And we pray wherever they are and wherever they go, that they would know that they are never alone that you are with them and there are Christians around the world praying for them on a daily basis. Lord, we pray that you would uh, draw them together as well so they meet other Christians miraculously wherever they are and they know they have support. Lord, we pray that they would not be distracted by other things, but they would continue to fix their eyes on you, to be salt and light in their communities, Lord Jesus. And we do as Dudley has, we pray for the persecutors. Mm. We pray that they would come to know you, Lord Jesus, as their personal savior. We pray that you would use our brothers and sisters to shine your light into dark places. And we pray particularly for the prisons, for the internment camps, for the women in forced marriages, 
for the um, girls who are enslaved, for the boys who've been forced into military conscription. Wherever they are, Lord, you've taken them into dark places. We pray that you'd strengthen them in those places and you'd use them to be a light in those places that others would come to know you and so that your light would shine bright in the dark. We bless them, Lord. We pray for your protection on them. And we commit them to you in your precious name, Lord Jesus. In Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Amen. Henrietta Blythe, thank you so much for joining us today on The Reality. Today on The Reality, we've been speaking to Henrietta Blythe, CEO of Open Doors UK and Ireland. For more information on how you can get involved, please visit their website, opendoorsuk.org opendoorsuk.org Well, it's been my pleasure to be with you for the last half hour talking to you about the sure reality of Jesus. If you'd like to know more, please drop me an email at dudley at surereality.net The Reality is produced by listener-supported radio ministry, Sure Reality. To partner with us, visit our website at surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, keep walking in the sure reality of Christ. <music>